Hey, hey, this is Ace in the Place podcast. I am your host, Ace, and today is Tuesday, September the 7th. I am coming to you on Tuesday this week because we, yesterday was Labor Day, so I decided to just take the day off, and I hope everyone enjoyed their three-day weekend. If you had a three-day weekend, what did you all do? Anybody do anything fun, interesting? Did you get some barbecue? I did not have any barbecue. Anybody want to bring me a plate? (laughs) So, no, I didn't grill this year. I actually have been cooking all weekend, though. I had a few catering jobs. I've been doing meal preps. So, a couple of my coworkers reached out to me um, in regards to doing weekly meals. And it's been really fun. I'm enjoying it so far. It's not too overwhelming for me. And I'm able to just kind of get creative with planning meals every week. I do vegetarian. I do um, portion size so that, you know, or I can just make whatever it is you want. You want some soul food, some greens and some sweet potatoes? I make that too. So if anyone would like to get in contact with me in terms of catering, a catering job that is a part of this podcast i am i'm here to brand myself i'm here to to work on my business as well as grow as an individual spiritually mentally and i'm also going to grow this business that i'm working on so i don't have to work for streets and sand anymore okay (laughs) three-day weekends won't even be a thing anymore i can work whenever i feel like it but i said that to say i can be reached on social media that is probably one of the best ways to reach me. You can send me a inbox on Facebook. My name is Amanda. Middle initial is C. Last name is Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. And on Instagram, I am Ace Boogie, A-C-E-B-O-O-G-Y-8-6. You can send me a DM there. You can also send me an email. I'm not as good with checking my email. That's why I suggested social media. But my email is Amanda C. Ely, E-A-L-Y at yahoo.com. So now that we have that out the way, um, I know last week I concluded the show with Nene Leakes talking about her husband Greg being sick and transitioning um, from his cancer he actually did pass away last week so I am now sending my condolences to Nene Leakes and her family and her friends a lot of celebrities have been making videos and sending their condolences for Greg you know I think that Greg, it's safe to say, in my opinion, Greg was one of the favorites for reality TV husbands. I'm not going to just give him Real Housewives of Atlanta because I watch quite a few reality shows. And I think that he was one of my favorites for sure in terms of reality TV husbands. And uh, I saw that Nene posted some videos on IG of them over the weekend and it was one of the videos you could see I don't think that it was too old of a video because they were just at a party stepping you know dancing both the videos were them either dancing or him just being affectionate towards her in some type of way 
right and you can see in the one video that i saw he was moving kind of slow so i would say that he was you know still sick in this video but even still with battling cancer he was still you know loving his wife and connecting with her in that way because i'm going to assume that dancing and stepping is probably one of their favorite things that they really enjoy doing you can kind of tell that even though he was sick he still was trying to enjoy those moments with his wife and that says a lot that says a lot about a man it says a lot about his love for his wife and the connection that they have in their relationship and i know that this is probably a very extremely tough time for her and so I am sending my prayers out to that family. Also, over the weekend, yesterday, was it yesterday? Yesterday, they found Michael K. Williams, actor Michael K. Williams, dead in his Brooklyn apartment. He was 54. So he's an Emmy, non excuse me, Emmy nominated actor, Michael K. Williams. He's best known for his role in. The Wire. He was Omar in The Wire. And I think that what was one of the most iconic things about his role in The Wire was he was... Okay, so The Wire, for, for those of you who don't know, was basically a street or hood show. It showcased the drug dealing lifestyle, the police, the court system. It was one of those shows. But it was... It was it was on HBO, so it was very graphic. And even back then, because The Wire came out in like the late 90s, early 2000s, somewhere around there. I can research and get back to you on that. I probably should have did that before I got on here talking about it. But anyway, so The Wire, his role was iconic to me because Omar was the stick-up kid. He was the guy, the gangster in the hood that robbed the drug dealers. And the drug dealers were afraid of him. He had this, you know, reputation in the hood. Like, don't mess with Omar. However, Omar was gay. He was the open gay thug. And like I said, in that, in that time, you didn't have too many shows that were, you know, showcasing that lifestyle. Now, let me be clear to say I have no problems with the LGBTQ community or the lifestyle that anyone chooses to live. In terms of TV, television, and media, I think that a lot of things are forced upon us. And again, back then, there were not too many shows. Again, I remember this show because that really stood out to me. Like, what? It's a... A gay thug on TV? Oh, okay. This is interesting, right? But now, in today's era, right, you can barely find a show that doesn't have that lifestyle being portrayed. Because I know a lot of the shows that I that I watch and that I enjoy have some type of, you know, gay or lesbian person or couple or some type of storyline there. And so I think that, you know, obviously the times have changed. I think that certain things shouldn't be forced. I think children, I think it's in cartoons and, and things very young and age appropriate. It's very sensitive because we are instilling these type of things at a very early age. Parents are having to have certain conversations with their children at an earlier age. And again, I, I mean, whatever you choose your lifestyle to be is your choice but when it comes to children when it comes to parenting i do look at 
certain things differently and again this show is not about that so i'm not going to get too far into that but i just said that to say that was one of the things that stood out to me about omar's character and he michael k williams was also nominated for emmy for his role in love craft country now this was another show on hbo and i think it was only maybe like one or two seasons i did watch it and it was a good show I'm not sure if they're coming back for another season, especially since he's gone. Um, I will do a little bit of research to see that one. It's it's quite a few shows that only had one season. And I'm like, oh, this was a good show. Are they going to come back? It's this weird space with COVID and like filming. You, we really don't know which shows are going to return and which ones are not. So I don't know if his death will affect the love craft country next season but that was a good show i'm having a hard time remembering his character because i watched quite a few shows since then so i would need a refresher just to remember it but that was a good show and i just want to send my condolences to him they found him dead in his apartment they're saying that they're investigating if he died if he died excuse me by overdose so it, that has not been confirmed. I saw one article that didn't say anything about an overdose. And then I did a little bit. And this came from NBC News. This one said they're investigating for overdose. But the article that I read yesterday didn't say anything about it. I'm assuming there might have been some type of drug paraphernalia in the apartment or something of that nature. And so... We just have to take care of ourselves. We have to take care of our mental health. It is so very, very important. It's one of the reasons that I started this platform because mental health is important. It doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have or do not have, right? Because everybody broke think if they, got, if they get money, all their problems will go away. But not really. How many rich people still end up committing suicide, still end up overdosing? Like, these things are real. Money does not fix everything, everyone. And I know we think that when we're down and we're out and we don't have certain things. But it just opens up a door for so many other problems. You know, it's, it's unfortunately, it's life. And we have to figure out how to process and cope what we experience on any level of our lives at any given moment in time. And that is one of the reasons for this platform, because if you are not experiencing mental illness, but someone you love ex experiencing mental illness, that is very challenging as well, right? And it's one of the reasons that Again, I started this podcast because you feel like, well, if I can just do this or do that. And because a lot of times people who are suffering from some mental illness will, you know, well, if you would just do this or if you would just act right, you know. And so you kind of feel this guilt like, well, well, maybe I'm not doing something right. When in reality, you can't fix the person. If, if you know someone and you love someone who is suffering from mental illness, you know, try your best to be there for them, but understand you cannot fix it for them. It doesn't matter what you do. They have to do the work. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. It's just all depends on the person. I say continue to pray and, you know, take care of yourself through every process, right? Love the person and be there for them, but make sure you take care of yourself as well. So I don't want to get too far off of the subject 
But again, I want to send my condolences to those family members um, of those celebrities. And also over the weekend, what was that? On the 4th, Carly B and Offset welcomed a baby boy. So rapper Carly B and Offset, they welcomed a baby boy over the weekend. They posted pictures on IG and Instagram. And actually, I just looked up the article because I'm like, well, what's the baby's name? <laughs> like, I just wanted to know what the baby's name was. And I couldn't find anything with the baby's name just yet. So I'm assuming they haven't released that information yet. But they already have a three-year-old daughter culture and Offset has three other children outside of the relationship. So this would be number five for him. And it would be number two with Carly B. So congratulations to them. You know, with death, there is always new life. And speaking of new life, I got to I got to talk about what's going on in Texas. This Governor Greg, Governor Greg got a lot going on up in Texas. So they today he signed the Elections Act. That is what happened today for the governor of Texas. Now, basically, this act, because I don't want to get into a whole bunch of reading. I know y'all don't want to sit here and listen to me read. Um, but this act is 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 from the Trump administration. We all know that Trump said that there were false ballots and he pretty much lost the election because of fraud, right? And so Republicans have been trying to put certain laws into effect to quote unquote protect the barriers of voting. But a lot of times it end up just being more issues for minorities in certain communities. Uh, for people who don't have access to vote. So the new law, which the governor just signed in a ceremony in East Texas city of Tyler, will prohibit drive-through and 24-hour voting locations and will add new identification requirements for mailing in voting. It also will restrict who can help voters requiring assistance because of language barriers or disabilities, prevent officials from sending out unsolicited mail-in ballot applications, and empower partisan poll watchers. So it just seems like, you know, and quite a few states have, uh, have done this, have passed these laws. Re Republicans are trying to put this law into effect. You know, coming off the Trump administration, they feel like it's fraud and, you know, they say, oh, it's for everyone's rights and we're trying to protect, you know, people from cheating and this and that. And it's like, you know, Trump, you lost. You lost. Okay. It happens. You were a bad president. You lost. You're, you're not the first. Probably won't be the last. And, you know, let's just move forward. But, yeah, so these Republicans are pushing that. And this thing about this governor that's, I mean, he's all over the place. He's all over the place. So he, he, you know, obviously they have the abortion law there in Texas now as well. Like I said, these, they got a lot going on in Texas. So I'm going to talk about a little bit of politics that's going on in Texas. Because you know what? Just to kind of get that, I want to say something before I go on 
with the abortions. Quite a few Chicagoans have been moving to Texas. I know I talked about my husband want to go to Texas. He has family who lives there. But I know quite a few people that are moving out of Chicago are going to Texas, Georgia. Of course, you got the Indianas, Wisconsin, um, Arizona. Quite a few people are moving to Arizona as well. And I was in some rooms on Clubhouse a while back, and people in this, you know, people were saying that now in certain areas in Texas, they are raising property taxes because they really don't want people from, you know, Chicago moving there. That's a Republican state, you all. And it's actually a movie called American Violet. If you haven't seen it, please go check it out. I don't want to get too far off subject, but really, basically, the movie was about this judge. He was a racist, and he was targeting this black projects and putting drugs on people. And he had so many cases out of this one particular project that, you know, they end up investigating him and proving that he was, without a shadow of a doubt, a racist and targeting these people. It was a whole big thing. The, the girl went through a lot. I'm not going to get in too much into it. It's a good movie. It's an older movie, so you might have a little trouble finding it. But the long, the, the point of the story is once they did actually win the case, all those people in those projects, uh, convictions did get overturned. That was the good part. The messed up part, and yeah, I'm giving away the end to the movie. The messed up part was that same judge that was proven without a shadow of a doubt to be a racist got voted back into office in Texas. Okay, so it's a lot going on there, but that's a different, you know, a different story for a different time. We're going to go back to Governor Greg. And so he signed the Abortions Act. And yes, the, the Biden administration and the Democrats are trying to actually fight those laws and what they're saying is the department will provide support from federal law enforcement when an abortion clinic or reproductive health clinic is under attack garland said in a statement monday adding that the justice department is urgently examining options to combat the texas restrictions we will not tolerate violence against those seeking to obtain or provide reproductive health services the promise to protect abortion rights underscores the administration's outrage over the texas law the most restrictive in the country and the conservative supreme court shadow doctorate decision to let it take effect the use of the face act is also significant the texas law empowers private citizens to sue individuals seeking abortions or providing them after six weeks of pregnancy stoking fears that it will turn texans into vigilantes who can effectively shut down access to health care facilities i think he was trying to send a signal to people on the ground that they need to physically leave clinics alone I think there is a concern that, from reports on the ground, activists are hanging around at clinics and they're watching who goes in and who goes out. So basically, the Democrats are saying that they they are expecting this law, this new law, to cause some type of uproar from protesters and people who are, I guess, pro-life, who are saying, you know, you, you shouldn't have the abortion after six weeks because now with that law in the place, like I just read, you they can sue you. People can sue you um, 
for, you know, having, trying to get the abortion or having the abortion after that six week mark. And so, you know, this whole pro-life thing and people having the free will to make their own choice, you know, it's very confusing to say the least because obviously the same governor like again i said this 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 governor has a lot going on here in texas the same governor passes a law saying that the government cannot force people to wear a mask in texas or to vaccinate so you i have the option to not wear a mask because of my rights my human rights or you know right but i don't have the right to get an abortion with a fetus inside my own body? Oh, man. Come on. It doesn't make sense. Okay? It does not make any sense. How is it that I have the choice to put a mask on myself or my child when there is a deadly virus that has killed millions of Americans, right? A deadly violence excuse me, virus that has killed millions of Americans is going around. They are anticipating another surge. Then they have Delta variants. I saw something about a Wu variant that they said are out now. All these variants that the vaccination does not protect you against. And you're telling people, well, you know what, just choose to wear a mask if you want to or not. Right? So I can get sick and die. I can get someone else sick and they can die. That's okay. But me wanting to abort a fetus that's inside my body that doesn't have anything to do with anyone other than me and the father, you telling me I can't do that. (laughs) Come on. And then, you know, he's all like, I watched a video of this governor and he's he's on the video saying, well, you know, you have six weeks and, and, you know, first of all, most women don't even know they're pregnant within six weeks right you you be doing so much life happens you look up and two months done pass you like oh shoot i didn't have a period now that wasn't the case for me i found out i was pregnant but this was my first pregnancy and you know i got off birth control my husband and i decided you know we were you know we wanted to have a baby and so i got off birth control i didn't know when or how long it was going to take for me to get pregnant but once that month went by and i didn't have a period i was like oh Okay, well, and I think I went to take a, t- I, I, I was definitely before that six week mark, but you know, that, that was a different circumstance. Cause again, this was my first child and, you know, so I maybe was about five weeks when I took a pregnancy test and then I called the doctor and they scheduled me for the six week appointment. And, you know, that's how that went. Right. Most people, that is not the case, I don't think. I don't believe that to be the norm. I think a lot of women don't even know they're pregnant at the six-week mark. Some women don't. They might, like I said, life is happening. You're stressed. You got, you know, job and work and kids. You might not realize you didn't have a period this month. And then, you know, month two comes by and it's like, oh, shoot. I really didn't have a period. So, it you know, six weeks. It's just not. And then, you know, someone asked a question about rape and this governor of Texas. I'm talking about the same person. He says this is his comment. He says, well, first of all, Texas number one priority is to make sure we prosecute everyone who rapes someone. Huh? 
I mean, come on, my guy. It sounds good, but a lot of rape victims don't even report the rape. That's first and foremost. With all of the, I think, the shame and attacks that women get a lot of times, a lot of women don't step up, especially if it is a man of power, is if it's a man of statue, or a man with success. Right, So a lot of women don't even step up when they be raped. And then what about molestation? Everything isn't always a rape. These family members, y'all have incest. And you know that, that that's, that's popular in the white community. Okay, all these white men making these laws to tell black women or women in general, because it does apply to all women, but I'm a black woman, to tell black women what to do with their bodies. You know, it's, it's, it's absurd. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever so he's saying you know texas number one priority is to make sure we prosecute everybody of rape i'm like and they're all clapping in the in in the um press conference like yeah i'm like looking at this guy like and then the next video goes on to say oh but you know human rights are don't you don't have to wear a mask you and your children it's, it's your choice and i'm just like Okay, you all. You want to know what I think? I think that a part of this abortion act is to preserve the white race. Because, I mean, how are white men, a room full of white men, I, I saw a picture of the people who voted for this law. Not sure how true or factual the picture was, but it was 20 some white men, period. And the article said conservative, so we're just going to say white men, okay? And I believe that this law is to protect the white race and white supremacy because they are not the majority in terms of numbers, population, and statistics. And actually, I have some statistics. Statistics. Let me make sure I say that right. But before I jump right into that, there is this pastor, and I just want to say what he said, because I do agree with him, but this is what he had to say. Um, Africans Amer- African-Americans like Mr. Stansill, who is a pastor at Wayman AME Church in St. Louis, abortion cannot be debated without considering the quality of urban schools or the disproportionately high unemployment rate in black communities or the significant racial disparities in health care okay we were talking about that the health care system in the black community just trying to tell y'all as much as i believe with all my heart about the killing the taking of innocent lives i also believe i will never support giving white legislators who have no interest in our community the ability to tell our women what they can and cannot do with their bodies mr stan seal said of sweeping abortion restrictions recently approved in missouri Okay, now that's why I read because I agree. I agree 100 percent with what he said. And again, I'm going to go to some statistics that I found by the state, which says that white women in the U.S. account for 39 percent of abortion rate. And that is for. Reported legal abortions by race of women who obtain abortions by the state of occurrence. So for the U.S., white women, white women account for 39 percent. 
black women account for 34 others is 8% and then Hispanics is 12 and then in Texas hold on because it, it does go by state that was for the US I guess is the overall Texas white women actually wow that's interesting Texas and black white women and black women account for 27 percent so it's an equal percentage in texas but in overall the u.s white women lead in the amount of reported abortions um so again they're going to force the white women to have these children because it's a good chance they'll be taken care of you force these black women to have these kids and then we got you ain't no telling what's gonna go on. They can't take care of the child, right? So that leads to a whole nother, a whole nother space of problems, and just a you know the generational thing. It just you know just keeps going. The negative cycles just continue because of some of the things that are put into place, and it's very unfortunate. We got to stay on top of it. We have to stay on top of it because you have to pay attention to what these different states are doing. They will try to, they mimic each other. The states mimic each other. So what one state does, better believe your state probably will follow suit eventually, especially with um, the vaccination. Now, New York was the first state to mandate employees to get vaccinations. And guess what? Lori Lightfoot, she follows suit. She has now mandated city employees to be vaccinated by October 15th. So I don't know how much longer I'm going to have a job, (laughs) y'all. Actually, I spoke with my union rep. The city is, the union is trying to fight for our rights to not have to be vaccinated. Because if you're telling me, Governor Greg, that I have the right not to wear a mask or not to vaccinate, but I don't have the right to abort a child that is living inside of me that I have to take care of when it comes here into the world. You know, just it's just not equaling up. So that's that. Stay woke, you all. Stay healthy. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love everyone. Spread love. And let's just keep moving forward and keep ourselves informed. Okay? So I'm out of here for this week. I love you guys. Peace.